We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. A special big thank you for everybody in the house. This is me clapping my hands, thanking you for being in the Lord's house on a holiday weekend. I really mean it. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Thank you for joining us again, everybody at Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt. And I welcome everybody tuning in online, you beautiful people finding us somehow on the internet. We love you and we're so glad that you're here with us. In fact, you can go ahead and leave us a comment that would really encourage us. Could you type something, whatever it is, maybe preach, preacher, or I want peace of mind, or do it God, do it for us. All right, and welcome of course to everybody that's in the room. We are in the middle of our the fourth week of our series peace of mind. And it's a mental health series. We've been talking all about that. We've talked about mental health myths, things that are not true. And then we've talked about anxiety and we've talked about depression. And in the next weeks, we're going to be talking about negativity. We're going to be talking about trauma and we're going to be talking about burnout. Please join us and do this for me invite someone. Tell someone about it. Spread the word. All right, let's do that. Today, we're going to talk about a huge mental health problem. And this problem is common. It's overlooked. And it leads to dangerous health issues. According to the World Health Organization, Americans have a bigger problem with this issue than people in any other country. We are the wealthiest nation on the earth, but we are the most worried nation on the earth. USA, we're number one. USA, take that. We're number one in something, but it's not something you want to be number one in. We are number one in worry. According to the Barna Research Institute, 60%. Somewhere around 60% of adults in the United States struggle with worry and stress daily. This means that over half of you right now in the room are so worried that while I talk, your mind is already drifting towards your worry. Because worry is always fighting for your attention. You came to church, but even while the singing was happening, your mind went somewhere else. And today we're looking at the Word of God, but you're going to be drawn and you're going to be drugged away towards worry because worry is fighting for your attention. It's always present and it always wants to be front of mind. Let's try to understand worry for a moment. Adam and Eve... We're not created with worry. Someone say, yeah, if you agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's no, and on the eighth day, God created worry. That did not happen. God did not create worry. They had nothing actually to worry about. All the things you're worried about, they did not worry about in the Garden of Eden. God created a worry-free world. Worry entered the world when what entered the world? Sin, that is the right answer. When sin entered the world, that's exactly when worry entered the world. We worry because of our sinful nature. Our sinful nature always defaults to fear and not faith. 
It always defaults to fear and not love. Fear and not joy. All of the fruit of the Spirit, we could go down that list. Sin defaults to fear and not the fruit of the Spirit. This is key. Because of sin, your thoughts always default to fear. No one is waking up at 2 a.m. unable to sleep because they're trying to figure out how to manage their peace and joy. Oh, pastor, I'm awake at 2 a.m. because I'm just so excited about all the peace and the joy and the blessing in my life. And I'm just, I'm just up at night trying to figure out how to best manage that. Nobody. Nobody. Somebody say amen. amen. No. You're up at 2 a.m. because you're having trouble sleeping because your head is going 90 miles per hour. Your heart is pumping because of worry. And you're worried over things like kids, health, job, aging loved one, politics, terrorism, wars, racism, price of gas, your college football team, all these things. We're not going to talk about the Baylor Bears tonight, Jeff. Pray for us, all right? Gosh. All of this worry then feeds into a thing we've talked about, anxiety. Everyone said anxiety. Worry feeds anxiety. Anxiety is like this big beast of a thing and worry is what it eats. It just eats on it. We talked about anxiety two weeks ago. So real quick, let's talk about the difference between worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety are related, but they are different. So, what's that difference? Let me simplify at the risk of oversimplifying. Right? Again, I am not an expert at this, but I like the most basic and sometimes oversimplification. Can anybody deal with oversimplification? Oh, yeah. Somebody say, it can't be too simple, Pastor. Make it simple. Make it plain. Right. All right, we go. We tend to experience worry in our mind. And we rehearse worry in our mind. And it goes over and over. And we picture things. And we, we think about conversations that you know, haven't happened we're, we're rehearsing what hasn't even been performed yet. That is worry. Everybody say worry. worry. We generally experience anxiety in our bodies, in our physical. Anxiety affects our physical bodies. Anxiety will make your heart rate pound. It will raise your, your temperature. It will make you sick. It will give you ulcers. Anxiety works just like that. Worry is often specific. And anxiety is often general and broad. Let me explain. You might worry about something specific like, I'm worried that I might miss my flight. So that's something specific. What are you worried about? That you might miss your flight. But you might be anxious about travel in general. Right? And that's not specific. That's like, I'm anxious to get on the plane. I'm anxious that I might be late. I'm anxious that they might lose my luggage. I'm anxious that I'm going to be in that middle row and it's just going to be really terrible. There's going to be two toddlers on both sides of me and they're going to be screaming at each other and I'm going to be right there and they're going to run out of peanuts. And I'm going to look out and I'm going to, I'm going to see something on the wing. I just know that on one of those late flights, all right? So you may be anxious about something general, 
But worry is usually very specific. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about so far? You may be worried and you may be anxious and you can be both. However, we are, however we are to understand the difference, Jesus tells us clearly these three words. He says, do not worry. Does Jesus say that? If you don't know that Jesus says that, tonight you're going to learn it. He says it. We're going to look at Matthew 6. If you want to turn in your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 6 with us. Multiple times in this chapter, Jesus tells us not to worry. How many knows when Jesus repeats something? He really, really, really means it. And he repeats it in this chapter. In a few verses, Jesus hits the five most worried topics and instructs us not to worry. Here are those topics right here. Finances, food, fitness, fashion, and the future. Y'all see those lists right there? Those are the five most common worries. And some of you, it might have hit you a little bit. One of those, yep, there it is. There it is. Maybe, maybe more than one. But probably somewhere on this list, there's something that you are most worried about. So let's look in Matthew 6, 24, 25, and let's learn straight from Jesus. Verse 24, Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and money. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. So Jesus mentions all five here. Did you catch them? Jesus mentions money. That's finances. You can't serve both God and Money. money. He talks about what you will eat or drink. There's food. He talks about your body. That's fitness. He talks about what you will wear. There's fashion. He talks about your life. That's future. All five in just a few verses, he hits all of them. Jesus says, do not worry about these things. Jesus knows us so well. Yes. If you feel like nobody gets you, you are wrong. Jesus gets you. Jesus understands you. We, we tend to overly focus and obsess on these five topics. And you know what? Five, 2,000 years ago, he addressed them. Yeah. He knew you needed this. So here, we're going to receive it tonight. Y'all want to receive it? Yes. Everything on this list is eternal. No. Wrong. Everything on this list is temporary. You get that? Y'all agree with that? Everything on this list is just so temporal. Jesus tells us not to worry about the temporary, but rather focus on the eternal. That is very clear in this passage of Scripture. So to those that are worried about finances, Jesus says you can't serve both God and money. Is your worry about money an indication that you are serving money? You can't serve both God and money. So if you're worried about money, just take a moment, take your temperature, and you might be serving money over 
God, or some people like to try, to try this one. They serve God to get money somehow. And there's whole, there's whole doctrines out there about that. We won't even just go down that path. They're not correct doctrines. Serve God and don't be worried about the dollar. That's just what, what Jesus tells us to do. And our culture has, has a phrase. Maybe you've heard it. The almighty dollar. It, nod at me if you've ever heard that. The almighty dollar. I'm going to tell you the dollar is not almighty. Your dollar is eaten up by inflation and vending machines. That is the most frustrating thing. If inflation doesn't get it, the vending machine will. Raise your hand if you've ever lost a dollar in a vending machine. Everybody, everybody, everybody. If you haven't, you are blessed. And we'll go to a vending machine later, all right? I'm going to tell you that the dollar is not almighty. God is. And Jesus tells us you can't serve both God and money. You need to serve Almighty God. To those worried about food. Worried about food. The crowd Jesus was talking to was probably worried every day about food. Because they were poor. Because they were reliant on crops. And they were subject to famine. Jesus told them not to worry about food. Those things out of their control. Who can control famines? Who can control cops? Nobody. Jesus is telling us not to worry about those things outside our control. And that's big. You need to know that one. You need to ha- understand that Jesus would have you to concern yourself not with things you can't concern and influence. Do you realize that most of our worry about food is actually where are we going to eat after church? That's the kind of where, where we have. In fact... You, you, yeah, the, our biggest worry is stuff like, well, where do you want to eat? Well, I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Well, I would like to go to the Olive Garden. Well, I don't really feel like Italian tonight. This is, we are that blessed of a people. We are. We are that blessed as people that that's usually most of our worry about food. Can I tell you something? If you are hearing my voice and you're worried about food, like actually putting food on the table, man, you're in the right place. We love to feed people. And we don't like to see people go hungry. We don't like to know stats. We don't like to see stats lived out in front of us about children being impoverished and malnutritioned. If you are looking for somebody to help you with food anywhere, you've reached the right church. We want to help you with that, okay? Is that all right? You all agree with that? For the most part, most Americans are not worried about putting food on the table, but some are. Jesus' message is do not worry about what will sustain you. Because you should be focused on who will sustain you. God is your source. He says, I will sustain you. To those worried about their fitness. Oh Lord, he's preaching to me. Your body is important. I would never tell you your body doesn't matter. Your body is important. But at best, your body is temporary. Your body is so temporary that the Bible says that to those that uh, are going to go to heaven with the Lord, He is going to give them a brand new body. That's how temporary this body of flesh is. Do not forget 
to focus on things that are eternal. And you know what's, you know what's eternal with you? Your soul. That's eternal. And while you can get some good things out of focusing on your body and focusing on fitness, I'm telling you, you better every day focus on the health of your soul. You better make sure that your soul belongs to God Almighty. Take care of your body. Enjoy your body. But do not worry about your body. Focus on eternal things. How about to those that are focused on fashion? Now let's just get real here. For me, when I thought about this and looked at this, this is the thing I went, oh, how ridiculous. But then my mind, like, I just don't feel like I'm concerned that much about fashion. However, my mind went back to my high school days. My mind went back where I shirked at the idea of shoes from certain stores. And I wanted shoes with a certain just do it kind of swoosh on it and nothing else would do and and I would I would look at certain things I would be given right and I would go oh ooh, if I can't wear that if I wear that someone is going to think differently of me and I am much too good for such material and the truth is most of that stuff comes from the same factories they just put different tags on them. That is very different. That is that very much true whether you want to believe it or not. Talk about fashioners. Do not worry about what you will wear. Do not worry so much about what other people think. You know that's the reason to worry about fashion, right? What other people will think. We are so obsessed with what other people think about us. We are so image conscious we worry about status we worry about popularity we worry about fitting in what if we spent as much time thinking about God and what he thinks about us if we did if we thought as much about what God thinks about us as what other people think about us I'm telling you it would change our life forever we would walk into a calling we'd walk into power we'd see miracles signs and wonders and we'd help change the world finally to those worried about the future Matthew 25 and 34 says therefore do not worry about tomorrow tomorrow's the future right What does he say? Anybody can quote, quote it? Don't worry about tomorrow. For what? Tomorrow will worry about itself. Or other versions I heard that tomorrow has enough worry on its own. Right? Do not worry about the future. Is God already in the future? Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about the future. Worry about this moment. Worry about where you stand with God this moment. Worry about his calling this moment. Worry about, is your soul anchored to the living hope of Jesus Christ? Do not worry about things that are out of your control. You cannot control what happens tomorrow. You can't do it. Especially you can't control what happens tomorrow today. Amen. Right? The only way you can control tomorrow at all is to be in tomorrow. Today has never affected really tomorrow. Except if you have a test tomorrow. You should study today. 
All right? Except you have something due tomorrow, then you should worry about it today. That's right. But you should also do something about it today. In other words, you should try hard. You should work hard, but not worry. Worry to get in that college. You know what? So many people worry about that. I want to tell you, if it does not work out, don't worry. Just apply to another one. That wasn't the one for you or wasn't the right time. How about applying for that job? Oh, I'm so worried I'm applying for that job. Some people are so worried they never end up applying for the job. I want to just calm down for a moment. Calm down. If it doesn't work out, don't worry. Just go after another job. Apply to another one. How about this one? Asking that girl out on a date. Oh my gosh, rejection. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to tell you, if it doesn't work out, don't worry. Ask another girl out. It's just really that simple. But we worry so much and we fret so much. Don't worry because God will provide. Here's what He will provide. He will provide what you need. He will provide who you need. And He will provide when you need it. I'm going to say it one more time. Stop worrying because God will provide. Somebody say with me. He's going to provide what I need. He's going to provide who I need. And He's going to provide it when I need it. God's going to do it. Clap your hands if you believe it. And then this is useful. Jesus teaches us how not to worry. Everybody agrees they know that they shouldn't worry. Right? But you still do it, right? Yeah. So Jesus helps us out. He tells us how not to worry. Verse 26. He says, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You know, pay attention. This is how not to worry. Jesus uses the birds to show us how we're supposed to live. How we're supposed to operate. How we're supposed to think about things. Do the birds worry? Has anyone ever woken up to the sound of a bird outside going... Oh, what am I going to do today? Anybody? Oh my gosh. My project is due today and I don't know what I'm going to do. Anybody ever hear a bird say that? How about The mortgage rates are way too high. What am I going to do? And I'm like, oh, it's a mockingbird. No, never. You hear birds singing. Your birds hear chirping. You hear birds having a pretty good time. That's what you hear birds doing. Birds don't worry. They don't try to amass more than other birds. Oh my goodness. Have you seen what the Joneses, the birds next door, have and we don't have? We've got to do better. Never have it. They don't amass things. They don't store things in barns, Jesus says. They don't have bank accounts and somehow they manage. You know how? They depend on God. That's how they do it. That's what Jesus says. And this is how you will overcome worry. You'll learn to depend on God. 
Then he says this. And you got, he asks you a question. And it's up to you to answer it. Will you answer it tonight? Y'all see the question? It's right in front of you. Are you not more valuable than the birds? Are you not more valuable than the birds? He provides for them. They never have to worry. They don't try to have to sow. They don't try to have to reap. They don't try to have to save it up for tomorrow. They just depend on God. How much more is God willing to do for you? You see, only you can really answer that. I can answer it for you, but it doesn't really do the trick. You've got to know that God cares more for you than birds. You've got to know that. If a bird is hungry, it does not sit in its nest and worry about the latest news on MSNBC or Fox News. I've never caught a bird flipping through the newspaper and going, Oh, Russia and Ukraine, what are we going to do? I've never seen a bird check on its stock portfolio. You know what a bird does? It just flies out of the nest and it goes gets food when it wants to. That's what the bird does. This illustrates the difference between concern and worry. Everybody say concern. And worry. Concern focuses on challenges and moves you to action. For example, the challenge of the bird might be, I'm kind of hungry. So it just moves to action. And it goes and it finds a worm. And eats it. That's what it does. It has a challenge and it moves it to action. That's what concern is. Here's a challenge. Something like this. My marriage is struggling. So that's the concern you get. And it moves you to action. What does that look like? You get counseling. You go to church together and you pray together in the altar. Alright, how about this one? The challenge might be you gain 12 pounds. And you see the concern of that. Then you act. How do you act? You change your eating habits. You change how you live. You do something about it. You have a concern... It's a challenge. It moves you to act. Everybody understand this? Concern focuses on challenges and moves you to actions. Concern is very healthy. But worry. Worry focuses on what's beyond our control. And it always results in inaction. Y'all hear me? When you worry, it doesn't lead to anything good. It leads you to actually just Go around in circles and worry and worry and not do anything and not change the situation and not go get new knowledge and not go pray about it. It causes you to worry. In fact, warning, some of your prayer is not prayer, it's worrying out loud. Woo! Somebody said it. Some of your worrying is not any good at all. It's different. You need a concern that moves you to action. I'm going to tell you the political season is just warming up and it's always so worrisome. Somebody said, yeah, pastor. So much of it is outside of your control. Can I tell you that's absolutely true? And it leads you to inaction. And there is nothing you can do. So you just worry. 
There are two people in your office that don't get along. And there's nothing you can do about that. Really, there's nothing you can do about it. So this problem you can't control just leads you to inaction. So there's nothing to do. So you just worry. You have loved ones who are aging and there's nothing you can do about aging. It just happens. I've prayed against it all my life, but it just happens, Charles. So you're inactive and there's nothing you can do. So you just worry. This is worry. It makes you powerless. It makes you weak. It makes you inactive. That's worry. It makes you powerless. It makes you weak. And it makes you inactive. And that's why Jesus asks this question in verse 27. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to his life? What do you think the answer to that is? Anybody think it's no? That's correct. It is no. Nobody can worry and it lead to positive action. Concern does that. You can't worry and suddenly my body looks different. I worry and suddenly my finances are looking better. I worried and I worried and I worried. And now my future is just so wonderful. It doesn't work that way. Does chronic worry ever improve the situation? No. Does worry make the situation change? No. Does worry make you better? No. Does worry teach you anything? No. Jesus tells us, do not worry. I want to tell you, worry makes nothing better. Worry robs you of time, energy, and focus. Birds don't worry. Birds have concerns. And when they have concerns, they act. Birds don't wait for God to drop food in their mouth. You know, God has never dropped worms in the mouth of a bird. That has never happened. I've read the whole Bible. Have, birds don't wait around for that. Okay? They get up. They fly around. They find the worm. They eat. They fly back to their nest. They feed their youngs and they go to sleep. And you don't hear them chirp, chirp, chirp at night. They're not up at night. You know why? They're asleep. And they sleep well because they do not worry. What am I telling you here? I'm telling you, you need to be active about your concerns. And you need to stop being inactive in your worry. You need to be active with your concerns. You have concerns, they're real, and I, I identify with that, that is true. So get active about it. Stop the worry cycle that has led you to inactivity, to be powerless, and to be weak. Don't do it. We need to know the difference between concern and worry. Are you operating in worry? Or are you operating in concern? Tonight, you need to know the answer to that. When we worry, we are basically saying, God, I don't really trust you. When you worry, you're saying, God, I don't really trust your plan. Can you explain it to me again? Some people, God has told them to actually do something and they have stayed inactive because they've worried rather than being active with God. With what God has told them to do. How about this one? God, I don't believe that you're really with me. 
God, I'm not sure you are really good. When you worry, it says all those things. In some way or another, it is not faith to worry. What you worry about most reveals where you trust God the least. Say it one more time. What you worry about the most, it reveals where you trust God the least. I want to tell you, that's some good news. It's bad news, but it's also good news. If you learn to recognize what you're worried about, it'll show the area you need to surrender to God. I had a pastor growing up, Harvey, Harley Stover. So sorry, Harley Stover. I love this man so much. I named my, my youngest son, Joshua Harley Fluid. I remember he had a thing he did. I would be sitting on the, on the floor during counseling sessions sometimes. They would watch me. And I would remember stuff. I wouldn't gossip. I never gossiped. But I was this little, little tyke. And I remember certain little stories would happen. And Brother Stover would have a certain way of dealing with the worst news. Some of us say, well, I'm sick and I don't know what to do. My, my marriage is over. My children, they're on drugs. And it was just a really bad situation. And Brother Stover, he would do this. He would say, well, that's great news. <laughs> He'd be like, what? What do you mean that's great news? And he says, it's, it's obvious that you have done all that you can do. So now you get surrender. You get to surrender the rest to God and watch Him work. Watch Him work. You really, do you, worrying is not working. (laughs) So take it up and cast your cares on Him. Cast your cares. And when I say cast your cares, I'm not talking about fishing casting. You know what fishing casting looks like? You throw it out there. And then you reel it back in. No, not like that. No, it's like throw it. Throw it. It's gone. That's the kind of casting you need to do. What you worry about the most reveals where you trust God the least. Is he trustworthy? Yes. Give it to him. Is he faithful? Yes. Give it to him. Is he always present help? Always. Always. Does he heal? Does he raise the dead? Yes. Does he speak peace? Yes. He does it all, so give it to him already. Yes. Do it. But back to that part about what you trust God with the least. Do you know what it is? Look at it. Inspect it tonight. What is it for you? Is it relationship? Is it a certain relationship? Is it health concerns? Is it financial fear? Is it personal insecurity? Is it what other people think? What is it? What is it? Is it that you won't measure up? Is it that you're not good enough? Is it that you don't have what it takes? What is it? What is it? What is that thing? That is the area you need to be active about tonight. You need to go from worry in that area to concern in that area to action in this area. And you know how we do that around here? We pray. That's what this altar is about. You know what? You know the number one reason you need to come to the altar? It makes the pastor feel good. That's that, no, that is not it. That is not it. Coming to the altar is not, well, he did good tonight. I guess I'll come to the altar. That is not it. 
Lillian, that's not it. Isn't that right? Here's what it is. You come to the altar because you heard the Word of God and you said, I am going to do something about this. I'm going to be active about this. I'm going to go pray about this. I'm not going to sit here and worry. I'm going to lift up my hands and surrender it to God. That's prayer. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Somebody said amen. Amen. This is how Jesus tells us to handle our worries. Same chapter. Verse 33. But seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things. What things? Well, all the things you're worried about. All the things you need. All the things you're concerned about, worried about, all of the things. Somebody say all the things. All the things. All these things will be given to you as well. You'll not just receive the kingdom. You'll not just receive His righteousness. You'll receive all the things. Seek Him first. What does that mean? Pursue Him. Pray. Press. Eyes on Him. Give Him your best. Read your Bible. These are things. When you don't feel like going to church, you say, I'm going to go to church anyway. I'm going to reach after God. I'm going to seek God tonight. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to Connect Group. You don't always feel like going to Connect Group, but you're going to say now, I'm going to go to Connect Group. Why? Because I'm seeking God's kingdom. I'm seeking His righteousness. And I know what it's like to just sit at home and worry about it. I am going. Put God in your life. Is God really in your life? You get real about this. Is God really in your life? I'm not saying, did you confess God 30 years ago? Praise God for that moment. Is God really in your life? Do you talk to Him? Do you worship Him? Do you cast your cares on Him? Do you trust Him? Do you believe in Him? Is He really in your life? Is He speaking to you? Is He walking with you? Is He using you for your glory? If God's really in your life, that is happening. Your worry reveals an area. Where God is not active in your life. Go to that part of your life. Rip the doors off of it. Take the locks off of it. Tell Jesus, come on in. Is Jesus first in your day? Is Jesus first in your finances? Is Jesus first place? The first place your mind drifts. You know, where we talked about how our mind drifts to our worry. What if Jesus was the first place our mind drifted? When things go wrong and when things go right. What if we were quick to call on Him and quick to thank Him? What if He was first on our minds? What What if the first person you talked to every day was Jesus? What if the name of Jesus was the name you always went to? Is Jesus number one in Your relationships. I'm telling you, any relationship that removes Jesus from number one and brings him down, that's an area that is a concern. And you better be active about it. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. We're going to try to wrap this up tonight so you can get some action going tonight, okay? I want to talk about what you're worried about today. Got three things right here. What you're worried about today, number one, may never happen. Might never happen. That's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Praise God for that. Yeah, come on up. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> what you're worried about might never happen. Researchers at Penn State asked people to document what they were worried about and about how many of their fears then happened over the next 30 days. Do you know what? 91% of their worries never came true. Right. 
91% of what you're worried about in the next 30 days will not come true. So number one, might not worry. That means we're worrying about 91% of too much stuff, are we? Number two, it might happen and won't be as bad as you thought. That's number two. Anybody ever experienced that? Oh, I was really worried about that conversation and that conversation happened and then it wasn't so bad. I was really worried about pastors preaching tonight and then, it, well, it, was, it wasn't terrible. How about this one? Yep, I didn't do great on my presentation. I went to job to my job and I like stuttered all over myself and my presentation wasn't so good. But you know what? It didn't matter all that much. I still have my job. Happens all the time. She broke up with me. It hurt, but you know what? I didn't bleed out and die on the floor. <laughs> That's good, right? Yep, everyone laughed at me. Oh, but you know what? Some people actually liked me more because I was human like them. What are you worried about? It may not happen. And it may happen. And not be as bad as you thought it would be. Or, here's the third one. It may happen. And God will carry you through it. I really want your attention of Alex. Next few minutes. It may hurt you. It may disappoint you. It may be ever bit as difficult as you feared it would be. It might even be more difficult than you thought it might be. It might be the worst thing your life has ever experienced. But also, God was present and helped you in ways you have never known possible. Last week we talked about the complete truth. Do you remember? There's some things are true, but they're incomplete. The truth is, it might be really bad. It might be painful. And it might be disappointment. The rest, the complete truth is, but God is still faithful. God is still with you. And God still is working. That's the complete truth. Doing funerals is part of the ministry. Funerals always hurt. I've got wonderful scriptures I can turn to. Precious in the sight of the Lord are the deaths of His saints. It's true. It's absolutely true. It still hurts. It's still painful. A wonderful person named Ruby passed away after a struggle with cancer. Ruby and her husband, Ron, they prayed and believed. And while God gave her more years of her life, and she was able to take advantage of those extra years, and spent pricelessly valuable time with her grandkids, eventually God took Ruby home. And I saw Ron grieve. And it was painful. And it was disappointing. A wonderful person named Ackley passed away all too suddenly. 
Ackley and his wife, Patricia, they prayed. But in a matter of days, Ackley was gone. And I saw Patricia mourn the loss. I saw her try to understand how her world just fell apart so quickly. What Ron feared would happen, it did happen. What Patricia feared would happen, it did happen. Sometimes the worst happens. Sometimes we pray, 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 but still the worst happens. Let me take some guilt off you. The reason it happened is not because you didn't have enough faith. I want you to not own guilt in the Lord taking someone home. You hear me? Don't. You don't do that. That's a, that's a worry thing. Don't do it. Sometimes the worst happens and yet God is still faithful. And in those moments, you learn something that you'd never learn otherwise. You learn how God will carry you when you don't have strength on your own to walk. Yesterday, this happened. Have this picture? I need you to stop. Right here, we have Ron and we have Patricia. Ron and Patricia got married. They were all smiles. It was wonderful to see. But even in this moment, can I tell you something? The pain and loss of Ruby Muller and Ackley Persley was real. It doesn't whitewash it away. It doesn't make it not exist. It's absolutely still real. But in the middle of heartache, that's where you learn so much about God and that's where you learn about yourself. That's where you learn maybe there was this area of my life I didn't fully trust God. There are things you learn in the middle of storms. Who is this that even the wind and wave obey Him? That's what the disciples learned in the middle of their storm about Jesus. In the middle of their heartache, Ron and Patricia are a testimony of how God will walk with you even when the worst happens. Is there a witness in this house that God walks with us even when the worst happens? If you're worried today, remember what you worry about most reveals where you trust God least. If there's something heavy on your heart, a worry, a fear, a burden, let's put God first. Let's cast all of our cares on Him. Let's ask Him to teach us, to lead us, to guide us. Jesus has already proven that He cares for you. Don't you know that's true? Does everyone agree with that? Does Jesus have to do one other thing for you to trust Him and believe that He cares for you? Here's what He's already done. He came to earth. He went to the cross. He experienced the worst. When we're thinking about the worst that we experience, we also need to remember the worst that He experienced. He died for us. He went through the worst for you and me. 
And then He rose again on the third day. And He calls you to Him. And He has three words. Do not worry. Will you come today? Will you come pray in this altar today? Everybody watching, listening online, I want to pray for you, but I want you to really seek God. Everybody in this church, y'all can come now. Yeah, that's your time. Let's come. I want to pray with people in the front rows of this church today. I want to pray with you. I believe God's going to work on your behalf. But everybody watching, listening online, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for my friends. I pray that they let go of worry that has led them to be inactive. I pray, Lord, that they would learn the difference between worry and concern, God. And I pray, Lord, that they would be active right now in surrendering it all to you. Lord, the area of our life we're most worried about is the area we are trusting you least in. Lord, right now, we're going to repent of not trusting you. We're going to trust you. We're going to surrender it all to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's reach out to him. Let's make this moment all about Jesus in this place. Amen. Come on, church. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.